Good morning and welcome to another edition of Rich in Relationship. And today we're with Brianna, who's a pastor and she's with Restoration Haven. We're going to talk today about recovering from trauma through spirituality. It's a little different twist on the trauma theme than you're used to today. So keep an open mind. Brianna, how are you today? I am well. I'm well. I hope you are. I am well also. And what's the name of your podcast? So my podcast is called The Healing Place Podcast, and you can find it on all the major outlets, um, and you can find it on Facebook as well. Cool. All right. So launching into recovering from trauma through spirituality, I am curious, how did your heart lead you to do this work? Well, honestly, it's something how the Lord just will give you what he wants you to have. Um, I was actually just thrown into it. I grew up in a trauma-filled household, and growing up after the death of my father, I found myself in more trauma after trauma after trauma as a young adult trauma. And then as an adult, I found myself in trauma situations um, there as well. Um, and to the place it got to the where I said, okay, I can't take this anymore. I need to heal. And the only uh, place I knew to heal was to go, was going to church. Cause I grew up um, going to church as a Baptist. Um, and I knew, I said, well, if I can get to this man named Jesus that my grandma always talks about, man, I know things will be well. And gotcha. so that began my own journey. And so from there, my heart's passion has just been to work with women um, to get them to the place where I'm at. And tell us a little bit about Restoration Haven. Restoration Haven is my baby, my nonprofit. And so we deal with the souls of um, people. Um, of course, my... Uh, my passion is for women and so dealing with the souls of those who have been broken and who have just kind of lived on the surface level of life i believe that unless your soul is healed whole and healthy you will not be able to live the life that god has given you to live you know you'll always be, uh, live below the level god has called you to live because you're broken you know you can begin to soar and then all of a sudden there's something that triggers you to your past and you find yourself where you were flying and soaring, you're right back down on the ground again and you're having to start over. So it's continuous cycles after cycles after cycles. And so Restoration Place is a place, a safe place for people to be able to come in and deal with proclivities that they're not able to talk to anybody else about. And we get to the um, root issue, the root cause of why you feel like this is the only way you can ease or soothe your, your flesh because that's all you're doing. It's not soothing your soul or your spirit. I love this. I love the work that you're doing. I love how your heart took you there. And for our listeners, you know, you may be asking the question, what, what do we mean by spirituality? Why spirituality? And, uh, you know, I'm just, if it's all right, Pastor, I'm just going to set a frame for our audience. Would, would that be okay with you? Yes. All right. Um, so as human beings, we tend to think of ourselves as, oh, well, you know, we've got our body and we've got our, our emotions uh, and we don't really think much, what does spirituality mean? At, at its most reduced level, spiritual, spirituality might be our ability to connect, uh, connect with others, connect with something bigger than ourselves, whatever that means to you. And the evidence that there is, it isn't just connecting though, it's, there's evidence that we are more than our bodies. And here's, here's my case for that. Uh, studies of the brain show that we get to choose what part of our brain we hang out in. So what Pastor talked about uh, when we're triggered, 
When people are triggered, they go to one part of their brain, which is their amygdala. It's their survival mind. There's no rational thinking there. It's all about, I'm going to fight. I'm going to run. I'm going to play dead. And there's no thinking. It's very emotional. But we can not hang out in that place. We may always go there first. It's a natural survival instinct and it's kind of an important, God-given instinct, kind of important. But we can choose whether we're going to think our way through it or spend our time in there. So the studies show that through prayer, meditation, and mindfulness, we start hanging out in our cerebral cortex more, which is the thinking part of the brain. So, And the, the more we do that, the faster we move from our amygdala back to that thinking part of our brain. So the evidence shows that we choose what part of our brain we hang out in. And th that supports the idea that maybe we are more than our brain or our body, that there is some, uh, there's uh, as beings, there's something greater than the physicality. And that's why this idea of spirituality is so important. In some way, it relates to our ability to either be reactive or proactive. And that's really what we're going to talk about. Pastor, does that make sense? It makes um, total sense. It I'm going to start calling you Brianna. I keep, I keep honoring yes. you that, that you're a pastor because I'm <laughs> wired that way. But for, let's, for, you know, let's go with Brianna. So Brianna, uh, tell me about the kinds of trauma I listen, you know, and the journey uh, to healing through spirituality. Let's start, let's just start with the kinds of trauma. Uh, different kinds of trauma that I've dealt with, uh, just trauma period. Uh, that, that you're that well that you're dealing with in Restoration Haven, for example. Let's talk mm -hmm. about your gig. Okay, so a lot of times what happens is that you know, growing up as young children, uh, there's a need. We all have needs that we're born with, and when those needs aren't met, um, you begin to deal with trauma. So if you're you, we all have a need to be loved. And so when you're not receiving that um, functional or that healthy kind of love from your parent, then you're going to receive that toxic kind of love. And so you're, you're yearning or you're not going to receive love at all. And so there's a part of you that's going to yearn for love. And so that's trauma. And because you've never received healthy love, now you grow up with this need to be loved, not realizing that you are love. Mm -hmm. But you receive that and you begin to um grow up in a healthy environment knowing that you are loved and you are love and so you can not not only are you going to receive love but you will be able to extend love to others um but if you don't grow up in a household like that then you're constantly going to try to receive love either sexual um you're going to try to receive you become a people pleaser mm -hmm. you will become a yes person you will become just you won't you will just run over your core values because we all have core values mm -hmm. whether we realize it or not and you're just continuously run over those things trying to get the love that you need um a lot of uh, what i found in a lot of people is that um they grow when they grow up with narcissistic mothers they tend to be narcissistic themselves, manipulative, mm -hmm. not being able uh, emotionally, not being able to connect with others um, and things of that nature. So all of this is built around um, childhood, your childhood experiences. Um, and then as you get older, sometimes um, some traumas that people will experience is um, rape, molestation, things of that nature. And so now that's trauma that people are dealing with. Then you deal with the um, acts of um, uh, I, I like to try to keep everything similar. So I don't like to use lots of jargon. So those of you who are listeners, if you're saying, well, she's bumbling all over the place. No, I like to keep it where everybody can understand it. Um, and so another type of trauma is the dealing with death. death. Yeah. Death is a trauma. So the, you know, it's the trauma. number one 
source of trauma if you hold people. It's the number one recognized source of trauma is probably a better way to put it. Mm -hmm. And so you go through life and if you don't learn how to grieve properly, I say properly, you all have, you must grieve, but it's a way you should grieve. And then there's a way you shouldn't grieve because it would just prolong the, um, the process. And so you're stay, you'll find yourself forever in stage one. You can't, you're in denial. You don't want to fully grasp the concept of you've lost someone and grief. Um, when I say the loss of um, someone, it's not always because somebody dies. Sometimes people just walk away. So you deal with children who have dealt There's with a, all kinds a of parent loss. Walk, mm -hmm, yeah. walking away and nobody ever tells you, hey, that's grief, too. And, you know, you have to grieve through that process. You're in. Yeah, no, no. So, we do a lot of divorce work here. And there's uh, the distinction between grieving and mourning. You know, mourning is like a there's going to be a set time that I grieve and a way that I grieve. And when I reach the end of it, I'm going to take a shower and put my clothes on and go back into life. I may experience some grief after that, but it won't be the same kind of experience. Very important. So it sounds like what you're talking about when we're talking about trauma just is an emotional, a negative emotional experience of some kind that gets in the way of two things. I heard two things. One is our ability to give love. Um, and our ability, possibly our ability to receive love, maybe three things, because the third thing you talked about was self-esteem, that mm -hmm. for those of us who have suffered trauma uh, uh, on some level, there may be a tendency to attach our, our sense of whether we're good people or not to what other people think or what we do uh, or act certain acts, whereas uh, a healthier relationship with ourselves is to base our sense of our in, innate goodness on our value system, how true we are to ourselves. And trauma might get in the way of a healthier relationship with ourselves and other people. It sounds like that's what you're talking about. Yes, because um, when you're not good with yourself, you are not gonna be good with nobody else. If you're not good to yourself, you're not gonna be able to be good to anybody. If you can't love yourself, you cannot love anybody else. I don't care how much you try, you cannot love anybody else correctly unless you love yourself. I'm with you a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, all right, what's the connection now between spirituality and healing that trauma? Oh gosh. Well, you have to find yourself in a, um, re intimate relationship with God. Um, that's my, that's, that's who I serve. I serve God. And so, you know, whoever, um, we are one mind is... on this, but for our listeners who maybe aren't so clear about God, uh, how can you help them? I think you need to find, uh, you have to learn how to center yourself within yourself, if that mm. makes sense. Center yourself within yourself. Uh, because even when those who aren't, they say that they don't serve God and things of that nature, um, God is within. So if you can find a way to center yourself within yourself, um, you will find the peace that you're looking for. The peace that you're looking for, it always is within. And we are humans that can really self-heal ourselves. If you want to heal, get to know you. Really know interesting. You. So the first step is, well, probably first we got to recognize that we've got some kind of trauma and most of us don't have a hard time doing that who have that mm -hmm. going on. Though some people may really repress it and it may take time for it to come to the surface. And the second part is to find, uh, you know, I love to call it um, my inner divinity. Yes, you know, that's uh, a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, my personal mission has to do with helping people discover their inner divinity. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you, you know, you and I have a shared vision of what that means, but 
some of our listeners may not. So I'm, I'm really trying to honor the views of everyone here. Yeah. So, all right. And then after, once you start to, to get aware that there's probably the best, some people would call it a higher self or a best self. Once you get mm -hmm. an idea uh, that there is that place in you, uh, I, what are some of the ways that you encourage people to make that connection with themselves and through uh, healing with others? Well, I, I'm a counselor as well. And so I encourage counseling for one. I believe that everyone needs a counselor because sometimes in order for us to process through some of this stuff to even get to a state of meditation, you have to process some things. You have yeah. to get it out because you can't get to the center of you with all this junk clouded up on the inside of you. And so you got to be able to get it out. And once you are able to release this stuff, you are now opening yourself up to receive. So now when you, you, you're, um, you've seen an, you've seen a counselor, um, and then you get to a place where you can begin to meditate and meditation is simple. You can get to a safe space in your house. Um, uh, for me, I love warmth. I'm one of these people who love light. And so I'm always in a room where the curtains are open, where there's lots of light, even during the fall season, because a lot of times people don't realize that they have seasonal depression. And so seasonal depression is during this time of the year, all the way through winter, these people are depressed. But then when the spring and summer come, they're at their most mm -hmm. uh, happiest. So I try to always make sure that I'm in an area where there's lots of light. Light really does a lot for your um, spiritual, um, your spirit, your mind, and just your way of seeing things, the light, light. So um, I try to get to a space where natural light is coming in. Um, and I just quiet myself. Mm. And you can also get some supplemental light. Like my office is in a basement and I've got, I'm going to try not to put it right in the camera. I've got one of these, one of these lights that, uh, duplicates ultraviolet and all those other good rays. And, mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm operating in a basement and I, like many people, I'm affected by seasonal affect disorder, which is triggered by less light i turn it on all day long and i and i'm hoping that it helps you know there's yeah. all kind there's all kinds of lights you can get that'll help you with this not that you want to hang out in a cave all day because there's nothing like sunlight yeah it's it's nothing I, I can remember growing up and there was always something that would draw me to the sun and i as a little girl i would go into the middle of our we had a we had a couple of acres and i would go and just sit where the sun shined the most and lay down and let the sun just shine on me. And it did something. It always took me to a, a brighter place. It took me away from what I was going through inside my home. And I was able to get through a lot of the stuff that I went through. Because sure. sometimes we can go through things and it's like, how in the world did I even make it through that? Yeah. So we want, we want wise counsel. We always want mm -hmm. wise counsel in our life. And it could be a counselor. It could be a coach. could be a therapist. could be a pastor. could be a rabbi. Could be, uh, you know, anyone that you feel that you can trust, that you verify that you can trust, that's going to maybe, hopefully they have some experience in the area where you have trauma. That's always going to be very helpful. Somebody who understands. And then the next step is to engage in what we referred to earlier as mindfulness, meditation, or prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I, actually, I've heard a, a lot of takes on meditation. You know, there's, there's, a lot of time when we talk about meditation, people think about, uh, they think about like Japanese Zen meditation or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Hindu sort of yoga meditation, but it doesn't have to be like that. You know, here in the West, we've got 
traditions of meditation that can look like just sitting in a comfortable chair quietly in the sun, you know, and just mulling something over. It might be, you might think of a prayer and just think about how does that prayer rely, uh, impact my situation? Uh, a prayer that a lot of my clients use, for example, is the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity because that's what they're looking for in their meditation experience to accept the things I cannot change, which often is people, places, and things in their situation. Courage to change the things I can, which 99% of the time is inside of them and the wisdom to know the difference. And they might think about that and apply, uh, apply each piece of that prayer to different aspects of the problem or situation, not just mechanically saying the prayer, but visualizing what's the area of my life where I'm stuck, you know, that I need to let go of something. What's the area of my life where I can make some kind of change, even if it's just going to influence other people. And what does it mean? Where does the wisdom to know the difference come from? Or, and there are plenty of prayers like that. Uh, there's also just meditating on a situation and just different aspects of it without a, a focal prayer. Uh, that'll, sometimes journaling and, and meditating, writing out the situation and really thinking it through, that's a form of meditation also. Meditation is a huge and varied field. It isn't just this narrow bandwidth of Eastern meditations that have come out in our culture since the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So I encourage our listeners to really explore what's comfortable for you first mm -hmm. and, what, and what's going to really help you get to that place of peace in, within yourself that Brianna is talking about. Mm -hmm. And I always encourage um, my clients to keep a journal with them. I like that you brought up a journal because I am a journaler. Um, and so I encourage people, take your journal with you because there are some times where you find yourself in a situation where you want to react or it, it, it is um, threatening to take your peace away. And so it's a good time for you to pull your journal out, you know, and begin to write. And even if you don't have the words, just begin to scribble because that's also centering you back to your, to your center, to your peace so that you don't find yourself overreacting. I love that. I love that. You know, uh, the new way to teach children how to read, uh, excuse me, to write, is they give them a piece of paper. And the first thing kids do is they scribble what they think are letters and words. Nobody can read it but them. But they have the experience mm -hmm. of expressing through their hand. And then they learn how to form letters. And then they learn how to form words. And, you know, and so if we're just jammed up, just the act of um, expressing through our hand can, can jumpstart us. That's really good, Brianna. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I remember when my, my son was um, little and he was a ba actually a baby. And I remember when I gave him his name, I had something on the inside told me, you know, he's going to be a writer. He's going to be a writer. And so I always kept paper and pens or pencils or whatever um, at ready for him, you know, at where he was able to get them himself. And he knew how to crawl to the to the um, desk and get his uh, paper and his pencil. Mm -hmm. And that's what he would have is papers of just scribbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a five-year-old granddaughter in the house and she she's just writing her name and the letters are really random. Like I can't read her name, but she says, that's my name, Gianna. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm with you. That's that's Gianna. I get it. You know, yeah. it's it's sweet. And um, I wanted to, if you don't mind, I wanted to bring up something that just it kind of just dropped in my spirit. Something that else, something else that helps people to to heal. Mm -hmm. um, because our we in uh, psychology we call it we call it stinking thinking, and so <laughs> a lot of times what happens is that, that I never do that. We can't talk <laughs> about that. No, 
Sorry. <laughs> so we, so you tell know, people, gonna, what is stinking thinking? Stinking thinking is where you have been programmed to think negative of yourself, negative of situations, negative of life, period. And so if you want to rewire your thinking and you want to get to a place where you don't have those thoughts continuously over and over and over, um, we know we always say reading is fundamental, but speaking mm -hmm. aloud is fundamental. So mm -hmm. the more that you speak a thing, because you heard these things, that's why you're thinking that way. So now you have to hear yourself saying certain things. So even whatever you use, um, if you're using the Bible, you know, um, speak, speaking out loud different Psalms, you mm -hmm. know, speaking out loud the promises of God, speaking mm -hmm. out loud um, who you are. I remember um, there was a time where I did not think I was good. And just out the blue, the spirit of the Lord came to me and I was a child. The spirit of the Lord came to me and he said, stop saying you're bad. Mm -hmm. Start saying you're good. And I remember quote saying this over and over to myself. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, and my um, my mother looked and said, what? Why are you? Why do you keep talking out loud? Why are you talking to you? She thought I was crazy. But if it had not been for me being obedient to what I heard, then I would have never gotten to the place I had gotten to, made it through school and, you know, got my college degree because I would have continued to think that I was a bad person. Yeah, man, I'd like to lay that out for our audience. Um, what, the, why that stinking thinking is so impactful. And so, you know, you've all heard that we have a conscious and unconscious part of our mind. Our mind as a whole has the conscious part that's thinking and words and rational. And then the unconscious kind of is like our, uh, our very intelligent operating system, or it might be a really smart dog, you know, and it's, and we train it by what we say. And so, uh, and also it is programmed from the first years of our life from zero to seven. That's when the unconscious, the structure of the unconscious mind is first laid out. And we, uh, we just kind of absorb uh, what our parents say, and what the, our, the teachers around us say, and the people who are close to us say, we just kind of like a sponge, we just absorb it. And so mm -hmm. this, is, it's, this is how the, the negative can be laid in with the positive. You know, our parents might get upset with us and say, you're such an idiot. That was my mom's thing, by the way. You're such an idiot, you're such an idiot, you're such an idiot. And I grew up at, some, at one point, I had to look at, wow, I think I'm an idiot. Like, where did that come from? What do I do with that? And it was, it's exactly what you're talking about. Brianna, it's talking about, I had to really catch myself and say, Brianna, not faster, right? <laughs> yeah, that spirit is on you, Brianna. Um, it, it, you know, first, recognize where did that come from? How, where did I absorb it? And what are the ways it's showing up in my life? And, uh, and embracing that I am a child of God, I'm an intelligent human being, you know, that I have got um, I'm, I'm not just basic, basic innate intelligence, but a well-trained mind. And really getting that and watching where the, where the not, it's not just about me when we talk about other people. So I've started catching myself calling other. I'd be driving and somebody would cut me off and I'd say that idiot. And I'd be like, oh, look, there it is again, because the world is our mirror. And when we start labeling others, you know, we 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 it's because we're labeling ourselves. And so uh, exercising that negativity was a process you know retraining that dog to get it that that i'm intelligent and so is everybody else we don't always act that way but that doesn't mean that we're idiots you know yeah. that was that was a, a partially my getting it partially allowing the whole the spirit to work in me uh, and partially you know at one point i was my mom uh, had a knee replacement and i was visiting with her 
and I was taking care of her for a week and, uh, uh-huh. and she called me an idiot, right? Like in jest. And I had to say to her, no, I don't receive that. I, I understand you're, you're, you're kidding, but I'm a, I'm an intelligent human being today, you know, and, and thank you. Know, and thank you. You know, like I, I need to make sure that I, that I, because, because that was the source, you know, I, there I was with the source. I needed to make sure that I wasn't going to like reflip that switch. You know, so being trapped, understanding where those thoughts come from uh, and managing them on every level is how we do what you did. You know, where we start to get that we are good. We are intelligent. We are kind. We are caring. You know, we are uh, charismatic. We are trusting. We are giving. We are loving. We are passionate. You know, it's where we start to get that we have all that inside of us. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I think if people realize how to give more grace um, towards one another because we're all faulty. We all have things where we're due and we'll mess up, you know? So learning that everybody's just not gonna have a good day. Everybody has a story, everybody has baggage and it learn it helps you um, to know what not to receive and how mm-hmm. to just look at someone and say, and say, you know, I feel sorry for you. Uh, the beauty I- was to be able to do that with her in a way that was compassionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can people find you, Brianna? Well, 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 um, you can find me by going to, um, if you want to book an appointment, counseling appointment, you can find me briannahedden.tele.io, or you can go simply go to Facebook and type in Brianna Hedden and I will come up. I should come up. Um, my podcast on Facebook is the Healing Place podcast. You can find me on all the major outlets as far as uh, podcast goes. I'm on I- Apple iTunes, Google Play um things of that uh, all of that so you'll be able to find me there Lovely. Yeah, and normally if you just google my name i come up high in the search um search results which is uh funny but god has a way so just google me awesome <laughs> awesome and the question i love to answer i love to ask everyone i'd love i'd love to answer it for you but what, what do i know the question i love to ask at the end of each podcast is what is the legacy you want to leave behind I want to leave a legacy of love. I want to leave a legacy of peace. I want to leave a legacy that my people that have encountered me knows that, um, you know, when life seems to fall apart, I know where to go. I know where to run. I know that I have the answers that I need. So I want to just leave that legacy where people are better, where they know how to be better and that they can be extend love throughout the world. Beautiful. Such a pleasure to have you on the show. Have a blessed day and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.